Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. F9, The Fast Saga, the ninth film in the Fast and the Furious franchise, uh, which not that long ago I did a top five. I ranked my top five Fast and the Furious films after re-watching the entire series, filling in all the gaps that I had. And it is a fun series in general. I love this series. And I specifically love how in the fifth movie, Fast Five, it takes a turn. It takes a turn from being, you know, just kind of like a, a car culture movie, which is still part an aspect of it. Um, but turn that into, like, you know, kind of doing, like, little crimes here and there. Turning it into, like, a global espionage mission impossible kind of type action adventure movie like it it like amped up into like craziness uh after fast and the fear or during fast and the furious five and has exponential has grown in the same direction each movie kind of becoming more and more crazy uh, and I, I would say that Justin Lin, the director of F9, is my favorite director for this franchise. I think his his vision uh, for these characters and for the action all fits together. Um, just so good. He did Tokyo Drift, uh, Fast and Furious, Fast Five. Uh, Fast and Furious was the fourth one, uh, which kind of brought the, the franchise back from obscurity in a lot of ways um and then uh i think he did one other potentially uh and then doing f9 he's back different director for fast and the furious 8 which i rewatched uh just to refresh myself on the franchise also kind of to recalibrate my my expectations to kind of really under get back in the vibe of Fast and Furious movies because it is it's a it's a series of movies that if watched from the wrong kind of perspective just having the wrong type of wavelength could be the worst movies made like really bad uh because there is a lot of cheese in these movies and F9 is no different there is heavy cheese in this movie but there is also amazing action scenes like ridiculously entertaining and implausible action scenes where if you're not like if you're not in sync with the vibe of a fast and the furious movie could be off-putting but if you know the type of acting you're going to expect if you know the cliches of the franchise if you just appreciate these character it's like a very melodramatic soap opera mixed with crazy action movie set alongside like international espionage type stuff like almost actually they're they're kind of like uh like blackwater kind of guys um but it's crazy because it's they're like all car people and in this one the crazy intro the first action set piece of this movie that just never ends it just keeps getting crazier and crazier there is a plethora of vehicle choices like every member of the team is driving a different category of vehicle 
Like you have dirt bike, you have uh, like Jeep, you have like SUV, you have tank, you have pickup truck. Like there's every kind of vehicle uh, is given a voice in this movie, in this movie franchise similarly to the multicultural aspect of the franchise as well where there's a plethora of races uh of people and ethnicities that are are uh part of this great franchise uh and this one is doing having to do a lot of very tricky writing to tie up a lot of loose ends from the the rough nature of the franchise uh because the franchise has kind of has had its ups and downs uh gone this way and that some of the storylines have been kind of uh it's been a stretch it's been a stretch thankfully the fact that we're stretching the the perception of reality as it were with all these action scenes it's not that hard to also allow for a narrative stretch specifically in reference to the character Han uh, who was very unceremoniously killed in in one of the movies but then and and killed by another character by Statham's character uh, that we come to find out and then Statham kind of has a redemptive moment in the eighth film where he save Don, he saves Dom's kid, uh, and they kind of have a moment at the end. But like, not a good guy, guy that killed Han, a beloved member of the team. Uh, but they had to do some tricky writing where it's like at the end of one of the movies, uh, they they kind of make it so that that Tokyo Drift was a prequel, uh, and that. Han went to Tokyo after uh, the events of like Fast and the Furious 7 or whatever. I forget which one it was. Whichever one uh, Gal Gadot dies in uh, and Han and her had a thing so he decides to go, at least that's how they wrote it, uh, to go to Tokyo and then the ideas that Tokyo Drift took uh, is is was like a, 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 not a not a prequel but like it was out of order. Anyway, it's not the chronological order of the, of the film. But what I love is that they, you know, not only did they bring back Han, which is great. They were able to write him back in, which is perfect. It's, it's wackadoodle as it is. I still... Like there's twist after twist of why Han's still alive. I can I can go along with that. But I also love that they bring back the Tokyo Drift crew. Every time the Tokyo Drift crew is on screen, I love this movie. I love this movie. Especially when Tyrese and uh what's the other dude's name? Um Tyrese and uh and Ludacris are teamed up with them great chemistry Tyrese in this in this movie every time Tyrese is in this movie it's amazing because he is like the only person in this movie who understands the insane reality that he's living in like he makes comments he like he thinks he's invincible at one point like it's a big big theme of 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 his character in this that he's like seriously realizing the movie he's in and it's the best. 
you want to talk about like uh, uh like a meta like very much i reviewed scary the newest scream uh scream 2022 earlier in the week and the scream franchise is a very meta franchise i also talked about uh euphoria season two uh, the last two episodes of season two very meta aspect where there's a play referencing all the characters in the in the show tyrese is like the only character who is referencing the fact that he's in a wackadoodle action movie that somehow he 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 makes it out without a scratch i love it i love his character in that and every time he and Ludacris are in a scene with the tokyo drift guys i love it i love the tokyo drift guys uh seriously and even little bow wow's there everybody looks super old <laughs> it's crazy uh han han looks like he's just from the last time he was in a fast and the furious movie till now uh kind of a, a bummer um god what is that that actor's name uh, probably not even gonna be guys a guy that's in a lot of well he was in tokyo drift but he was also in the other justin lynn movie uh I'm blanking on the name of that movie. Anyway. The Many Faces is an ongoing abstract ink portrait series that I started many years ago. I release a new face every day. But go to inspireddisorder.com to check them out. So many available. But as a listener to The Ray Taylor Show, you can save 10% when you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out. So go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF. That stands for The Many Faces. Go check them out. Browse the entire collection. And when you decide on a piece or maybe multiple pieces, make sure you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out. And you'll save 10%. As a big thank you for checking out my work, for collecting my work, and for listening to The Ray Taylor Show. And with that said, let's get back to the show. I love the Tokyo Drift guys. I'm glad they came back. I'm glad Han is back. Uh, the big thing about this is that the that Dom has a brother, right? Another kind of so much of this is very soap opera. -y. The fact that they're able to bring characters back from the dead with some creative writing, uh, the the acting, the performances during the dramatic scenes are overly melodramatic. Uh, but the big thing, the biggest kind of mental like flexible gymnastics the the things that i have to like let go of reality the most to 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 comprehend and and be with this movie is the fact that john cena is dom's brother and there's characters that mention they see the similarities in them that they clearly come from the same family which is a ridiculous statement to make uh john cena in this is a horrible person the story the reasoning for his story is wacky the reason like that he has not been in dom's life like there's a, a bit of a flashback this movie starts in 1989 where uh dom's dad is a, a 
like a rally car driver, NASCAR driver, I don't know, specific racing, whatever. And he's in a horrible crash that, that kills him. And then you come to find out that, oh, also his brother was part of the pit crew also. So Dom and his brother Jacob, part of his, their dad's pit crew. And then you come to find out that, oh, the, the brother, Dom finds out that the brother was responsible for his dad's death, or at least we think so. And because of that, they have a race off to when Dom gets out of prison because he like he he went crazy on the guy that, you know, that was racing against his dad and bumped him and caused the accident. Dom gets out of prison and then has a race off with with Jacob to see who gets to stay and who gets to go, which is in any other movie would be stupid as hell. It would be so dumb. But a Fast and the Furious movie, obviously. I mean, the fact that people think that John Cena and Vin Diesel are related in this movie is ridiculous. The fact that both these brothers had exact same life paths where they were both into cars from a young age, were both excellent drivers, and somehow both got into being contract, you know, military guys. Like, they had the exact same paths to where they meet. All of that is mind-blowingly ridiculous, but fits perfectly within the universe of Fast and the Furious. This is a crazy movie. <laughs> this is, I love this movie. I don't know where it would stack. It would definitely... I like this movie better than Fast and Furious 1, which I think was my number five on my top five list. So this could easily be number five. If not for like the over the top like cheese ball ridiculousness with the I mean everything was just too extra like it's nice when you see a, a movie or a director or somebody kind of take that extra step you know see, just seeing like oh it's so good but then they did that and it's even so much better it's like this movie's trying to do so much. It's trying to fix the Han story. But even in the Han story that's already overly complex, they add another character. This, like, 11-year-old that was, like, the child of a family that got, got caught in the crossfire with some criminal shit, and they died, and Han became her, like, mentor. Just this new character, which the age of how everything works out, the logic of all that, I don't know. She was supposedly 11 when when he came across her but like in the, the the reality of this movie it wasn't that long ago that he was in tokyo so like maybe a few years so it's like at most what she's 13 but she looks like she's 19 i don't know you're having to let go of reality and logic a bit to go along with this movie which is fine. I mean, once Fast Five happened, like, you knew this movie was like, oh, we're not... This is a cartoon. This is a live-action cartoon. Just enjoy this live-action cartoon. And when it's dramatic, it's overly... You want to see the worst acting on planet Earth, watch Vin Diesel acting with his kid in this movie. It is like... And even the end of this movie, the end dinner scene, because there's always the end dinner scene with the family. You know, and Paul Walker's character, uh, 
you know, is is supposed to to be, you know, to show up. It's just like bad, but it fits because it's a Fast and the Furious movie. You know, there's going to be some overly sentimental, emotional stuff. And Vin Diesel is just like so unbelievable as like <laughs> like it's it, he feels like it looks so awkward trying to him trying to like pre- present like soft emotions like care and love is very like foreign kind of like he's he's better at like being brooding and angry is kind of his wheelhouse and then also like the writing of this the fact that jacob is his long lost brother by the way mia is back too which none at no point do they mention they have a brother it should have been written and would have made way more sense if john cena was related to the paul walker character Because he even speaks like Paul Walker speaks. Like, obviously a little bit deeper. You know, it's like if Paul Walker took a bunch of steroids throughout his life, he might sound like John Cena. But John Cena has, like, he has, like, the... At least while watching this movie, it's like, wow, he sounds a lot like Paul Walker. And Paul Walker sounds like Paul Walker in every Paul Walker movie. Like, he is... He was, like, very much a, a Keanu Reeves type, where he's like, they sound the same and everything john cena has and so and they they kind of look similar they're both you know would have made way more sense they would have had to change a lot of this story but it would have been it still because he was so much of a part of that family the paul walker character like the fact that paul walker's brother had been like they could have written some amazing thing it would have had just the same about a emotional emotional stakes and you know the redemption would have been you know wouldn't have been the same because it's like dom they have like this thing where of course there's the redemption thing where dom ends up being the bigger man the thing that his dad said it's not it's not about being the stronger man it's about who's the bigger man and you know it's the lesson the lesson that that dom learns at towards the end of this movie where he you know is on his brother's side is compassionate towards his brother so that wouldn't have you know that would have been tricky but you still could have had something like that you know some redeeming thing he could have been responsible for although he's not dead in this universe but he still he could have been the brother and he could have i mean you know you uh, it would have made more sense as John Cena being Paul Walker's brother than Vin Diesel's brother. But either way, um, and they, they ended up in the same, same place, same path. It's crazy. Uh, Statham's mom has a little part in this, not, not the actual actor, but his character. I'm not sure if his his name was Hobbs or Shaw, uh, but his mom who was in that movie, of course, no rock anywhere which is fine. Like I was, you know, the rock the the outside of the real life aspects of the Fast and the Furious franchise, like the rock has kind of been a bitch and tried clearly tried to take over the franchise and then clearly was talking shit about Vin Diesel and the franchise in his movie uh Red Notice, which I do not like. Like this franchise is wacky and crazy, but like it earned that like red notice is just the rock and ryan reynolds doing 
The Rock and Ryan Reynolds and Gal Gadot just reading lines. Like, it is the least inspiring action movie. Um, versus this, amazing action scenes. The first, like I said, first action set piece of this movie is ridiculous. Is ridiculous. Join Inspired Disorder Plus today. Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog, as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions. So if you want to start a podcast, you're into art, ask me anything. And so many more things are being added every day to Inspired Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspired Disorder Plus member today. I mean, even the fact that they go, they go to the, they don't go to the moon, they go to space, which I'm sure everybody knows by now. I knew it going in, but when it happened, it's like, oh, this is fun. This is fun. Of course, they're going to go to space. And those are the best characters. Of course, the guy that thinks he's immortal, that's like, what is going on? Why is like, even their like whole thing, their little speech thing going like, well, we got to do this thing. Like, I, I love all of these characters. So it's like, yeah, and they, they somehow survived because it's, it's a Fast and the Furious movie. There's like, uh, there's like one conversation where there's this like billionaire, right? Of course, there's a billionaire who's funding John Cena. And it's like, probably the, my least favorite aspect of this movie there's a conversation with him and Charlize Theron's character Cypher and he's like this billionaire that's like trying to compare himself to a Star Wars character and it's like man it's just like out of nowhere it's like this billionaire is all of a sudden like a massive Star Wars nerd and but has never really thought of who he would be who he thinks he is like at first it was skywalker and then he's like no 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 i need more power than that um and then i forget what he he changed and Shirley Slaren called him yoda and he's like oh yeah yoda okay because he's super powerful right and she's like no because yoda was a puppet and you know you're just somebody that's got somebody else's hand up their ass which you know he was a he's he's only got money because of his dad and this was like a power play for him to try and get richer than his dad but that whole back and forth was was bad. And also just the fact that like a billionaire being this like hands on with anything. Oh, yeah. Like a billionaire is going to be in one of the vehicles that's like in danger. No, no. I can't see any billionaire doing that. I mean, it's like even like, yeah, like uh, uh, the the Amazon guy, Jeffrey Bezos, he went in his space shuttle. Sure. I don't know if Elon Musk did, but I'm sure. If he didn't, he will, right? That's one thing. But they're not like, they're not, you know, going out to the Ukraine to go fight in any battles. Like, they're not putting themselves in any real danger. 
where this guy is for some reason so hands-on he wants to i mean but again it's a fast and the furious that's like not that crazy it's just the the star wars references out of nowhere and just kind of like kind of pathetic start like i don't know it's just like out of all of the pop culture things you could refer to to like like compare yourself to in a moment of like feeling powerful star wars is so hacky <laughs> like it's just like the most hacky one of the, like one of the most hackiest comparisons is to go with star wars and that was like way before the franchise really shit it, it shit the bet um but it is what it is uh my least favorite part um but yeah i think that's oh and there's a post credit scene which is i i don't know i guess kind of uh, a little redemption moment for han uh featuring jason statham I mean, it didn't really show much. Probably, I would imagine, fleshed out. There's rumors that there's going to be that uh, Jason Lynn. Is it Jason Lynn? Justin Lynn? Uh, Justin Lynn's going to be directing uh, Fast and Furious 10, which uh, Momoa is going to be part of. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see if Statham is in that one and uh, or see if there's uh, any mention to what happened with that. Uh, when Han confronted him at the post-credit scene of this, uh, kind of a stupid post-credit scene. <laughs> like Statham, it's it shows uh, just a dude in a hoodie beating up on a heavy bag, you know, kicks and punches, and then you find out that there's somebody in the the b- punching bag, and that it's Statham trying to get information, but he didn't really need to get information. He already had the information, but he just likes beating up on people. And then there's a knock at the door, and bam, it's Han. So kind of, you know, doesn't, I mean, I don't know. It didn't really, it was, it was kind of weak. But uh, overall, I really had a lot of fun with the movie, <laughs> surprisingly. Uh, I, I did. It's, it's dumb in all the best ways. Like, it, it's almost like knowingly dumb. You know, it's, it's cartoonish crazy action where you're way better than the the last one way like you the the opening action sequence in this is is in a lot of ways similar to the last action sequence in eight except for in eight it's like on ice because they're out in like russia and there's like a submarine or whatever in this one it's in a jungle so just visually way more exciting to look at and there's a car rope swings part it it's great it is it it perfectly sets the tone for this movie it, it's just so much fun and i just can't wait to see what this family gets into next you know it's just i i love this franchise i'm excited to see every movie that they do i mean i'm happy that they're making money to make this ridiculous thing that's just so much fun it's so much fun and like fun to make fun of too like i enjoy these movies but i also like it it, because it pokes fun at itself too at times which i appreciate as well it's not taking itself seriously i mean you know great stuff uh so check it out it's on hbo max right now f9 the fast saga
New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.